Welcome to Don't Feed the Trolls. I'm Matt, and as you can tell by my lo-fi voice, I'm still in Orlando, Florida, recording guitars at the moment for the Classic Crimes new record. Nate's safely back at the farm outside Nashville with terrible internet. Nate, how have you been? Uh, I don't know. What's the rest of the world up to? My internet's so slow, I'm still... Yeah, there was a joke online. I don't know if America's getting more racist or if just more rural areas are getting internet. <laughs> <laughs> you should just move out here and just make jokes to the locals. They'd love you. Do you think your your neighbors, your your farmer neighbors are racist? Oh, I'm sure they are. Really? Totally. There's not a whole lot of breeze getting in and out of here. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> You can't expect a whole lot from people who just have been sort of fed one line their whole life. And, you know, the average person who's not a big reader or gets out, right. of, they're going to think Hillary Clinton's no good or whatever. And in some senses, I agree, you know, so. I always wonder, like, if, if rural areas are more racist just because like is it because they don't interact with more races like i guess in an urban density you're like interacting with more different you know types of people well i mean out here you can kind of see how i think it's just it's just spread down the family from generation a lot of the men i think kind of spread it do you think do you think the amish are racist though i would assume they they would not be you know they're mostly pacifists right i don't think they believe in violence uh so, like, there was that shooting when in the Amish community, and they didn't right. retaliate or do anything. They don't believe in. No, they showed up to like the mom's, the the mom of the shooter's house, and like, you know, took care of her, and it was like crazy. Yeah, no, the Amish are cool for a lot of reasons. So I was, I, I was hoping they wouldn't be racist, but I had to ask just because I know you live in Amish country now. What I'm saying is, I can see the other side out here. Right, right, think- right. And all my friends live in cities, and we talk about pretty progressive ideas and such. But I heard on the grapevine there was like an incident like last week where one of the neighbors chased one of the other neighbors, and he's uh, gay. And I think I heard through the chain that there was some discrimination going on already. <laughs> oh man! Just some stuff going that's on. That's like, not. That's not funny. I'm. 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 I'm more like you know when faced with like levels of ignorance, my response is to laugh. Tennessee in the backwoods feels like 1974. Yeah. It it just feels like it's been sitting here untouched and kind of preserved for all these years. And it doesn't change as fast, for sure. And I still say to this very day, there were the best damn times of all. Hey, holy, holy, holy. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Nate. And we want to welcome you to Don't Feed the Trolls, a podcast where we discuss trending topics, art, and culture through the lens of our experiences touring the world and creating art vocationally. We hope to bring topics out of the minefield of the comments sections and into the sphere of reasonable dialogue. Thank you for listening. So what else is up? Dude, so my wife and I just finished Stranger Things last night. It was like an 80s flashback. Kind of enjoyed it. Pretty awesome. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah, I've looked at that, and I was I was thinking about watching that, and then someone else was talking about The Path, and so now I'm all confused. What well, how watch. about this, Matt? You watch it. Next episode, we'll do on The Fourth Dimension. Okay. Because that's what it's all about. It's like uh, there's like this tear in the fourth dimension, and then these kids have to battle this creature that comes from awesome. there. But I think we could talk fourth dimension on the next episode. That'd be kind of cool. 
So okay. okay, we'll give people a little teaser, right? Right. It's only like it's only like seven shows, so I think you can get there before we record again. Okay. Okay. And you need a you need a little break after a long day in the studio, anyway. So exactly, I need a binge on Netflix. And speaking of studios, we should probably uh, talk about who's keeping the lights on here, right? Our patrons at Patreon.com. We've got two new ones this week. I want to thank uh, Colby Davis from the Abnormal Tea Podcast. Thanks, Colby. I hope I said that right. And yeah. Cody Ward. Thank you guys for uh, chipping in this week. Uh, make sure to check us out if you guys, any of you listeners haven't heard. Uh, check us out at patreon.com slash don't feed the trolls. And obviously if you back us at even a dollar or $2 or $3 or $5 or a million dollars a month, we'll say your name on the podcast. So we'll say your name on the podcast and thank you. Heck, we'll bring you on the show. If you really love us, <laughs> if you love us with your pocketbook, who can we love on the show this week, Matt? Well, let's call him up. Let's call him up. Who we call it up? Well, let's jump right into it today. We have our guest and friend on the line, Matt Teeson, singer, songwriter, Yay! K, and songwriter, multi instrumentalist. Uh, genius, beautiful person for many other runner uh, artists. Runner, genius, beautiful runner, wonderful <laughs> hiker, backpacker. <laughs> you floss? I have recently. Oh, okay. you know what? It's, uh, I saw a scientific study come out that said flossing is totally useless. It actually does not help unless There's... you have seaweed salad stuck in your teeth. <laughs> so, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank this you. our podcast is called Don't Feed the Trolls. It's it's often about kind of like the DIY hustle. It's about overcoming our creative blocks and and trying to create something good for the right reasons. Uh, you seem to be one of those people that I've always found very prolific. And uh, I would love to hear uh, more about kind of what keeps you going. Uh, you know, I, I wish I was more prolific sometimes, <laughs> uh, and I wish that it didn't take me so long to make you know, the last Reliant K record, but I did, t- I don't know. I, I felt like I did it in a way that, um, that even though it was, I found it difficult and, and it was work to me. Um, I, I enjoyed the process too. And I took a long time because I wanted to take my time. I think you can kind of hear that in the album, uh, that, you know, it wasn't just thrown together. Um, I just listened to it today. I actually listened to a bunch of it. And I was like really impressed with um, the texture of it. Cool. You, I can hear a lot of thought going into, um, I mean, your use of like verb and spring and stuff like that that I've not heard from Reliant K. But from day one, you know, Mark Townsend, the producer, kept saying, "Let's just make something that we like." And I'm like <laughs> but I hate music, <laughs> you know, <laughs> music, but not really, you know. And and that's yeah. the thing is is I have been, um, during the, the process of writing this album, I got back into music, really. Uh, I started listening to a lot of uh, the Alt Nation station on Sirius XM, and just trying to figure out what the kids are, you know, what the kids are listening to these days, and, and trying to figure out, you know, what parts of some of these songs are, are people gravitating towards, and 
Um, and I became a fan of, of songs again and, um, not, I mean, I sound so whiny and, and <laughs> no, we've, all been there. we've all been there, but yeah, uh, you know, Reliant K has been a full-time thing for a while. And then when that, we kind of took a little, little bit of a break the last few years, but still almost every day, I'm either writing a song with somebody or thinking about a song I'm, I'm going to be writing or thinking about something, you know, there's always just some sort of music thing on the docket and uh so it's tough to get away from it and it's tough to be a fan objectively without listening to songs and saying hmm what would i have done differently yeah 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 so are you yeah. saying there's like two different guys that can be in your mind when you're in like you just said i got back into music but you're right. still but you're still writing songs so what's what are the two guys like is there a guy that's like just passionate about music doing it just for the love of it. And then there's like this other guy that like has to write songs for other artists and it has to be like done a certain way. Or is that what you're trying to battle between? Yeah, almost. I mean, I, I like to think that there's one guy that's really awesome and he's <laughs> kind of dominating the situation. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, the other guy creeps in every once in a while and he's like, man, well, you know, this is, this is all, you know, you're, you're writing these lyrics and melodies and it's going out into the world and it's just, you know, it's vapor and it's going to blow away in the breeze. And, so that's your you troll. Know, the cynic. Yeah, my troll. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I've been doing a, a good job of, of staying pretty positive lately. Um, cool. You know, I have an amazing wife who just really knows when to kind of sock me one in the gut and say, you know, <laughs> stop being such a negative Nelly. Yeah. Yeah. I think Nate, Nate married someone like that too, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to have the positive Patty when you have the negative Nelly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking, you know, before you came on, Nate and I were talking about how you've always had, um, just an incredible sincerity and vulnerability with your lyrics. Well, do you yeah. feel like that vulnerability comes because I listen to your songs, uh, and I always have, and you're one of the only bands we've toured with that I was like, actually a fan of. I, I guess that sounds so lame to say, but I enjoyed touring with you guys all the time because I enjoyed watching the sets and the songwriting and everything about it. That just didn't always happen when you're on tour because some bands you toured For with sure. and you didn't. Sure. Um, do you feel that vulnerability of that songwriting comes natural or do you really have to kind of force it out of you? There's a hunt for for the subject matter, um, especially for the Reliant K stuff, especially for the Air for Free, where I wanted it to mean something to me. And the older I get, sometimes the more I've got figured out, uh, you know, I've been yeah. putting my trying to get myself together a little bit, and that gives me less to write about. But um, <laughs> you know, just that the hunt was fun, uh, looking for things that I felt like we're worth thinking about and then when i found them i would just sit at the piano and kind of bang my head against it and say should i really be singing this i mean is this embarrassing is everyone gonna know what i'm talking about and, yeah yeah and then you realize yes everyone's gonna and but no one i don't know I, i'm sure there's people out there who are judging me think i'm completely stupid and and uh but then there's people like you guys who are being real nice to me oh, right now. So, Well, you know, I always say half the people don't even hear the lyrics. They just hear right. like the melody. But the ones that do hear the lyrics, I always listen for the lyric. I always want vulnerability and sincerity, and I don't care if it's offensive. I love guys like Dave Bazan. They just, mm -hmm. they're just there to be like, I'm fucked up, and this is bad, and life sucks. There's no wall. There's just like, <laughs> right. It's just all, whatever's inside just comes out. 
And, That's and, true art, man. I think it's true. But then I find, and this is the opposite side of the coin, I really enjoy listening to bands that I have no idea what they're talking about. Right. Um, the, the words are poetry and they're coming out in a way like like that Milky Chance band right. um, or Glass Animals. I don't know what really they're yeah. talking about most of the or time. Or the National. Yeah, and I love it. And, um, <laughs> so I, you know, that's inspiring to me, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Surrealist lyrics. Right. And kind yeah. of trying to mix the two is is a fun, you know, exercise. Uh, trying to be sure. completely, yeah, like nonsensical while spreading yeah. in a few <laughs> poignant poignant things right right well the stream of thought stuff is, is it's almost like yeah it's almost like speaking in tongues or is something it? like mm-hmm. it's, it's something powerful can come out of like the the just like the top of your head and when you're writing a melody sometimes you say a line and it's got this great rhythmic rhyme to it and you're like i don't know what that means it just sounds right. good it yeah. just sounds mm-hmm. good so i'm gonna keep it did you uh, did you employ some of that? Uh, I think on Empty House a little bit. Oh I yeah, I mean that one. Um, I think my I was trying to be like maybe I don't Love know. Song, my by the way. my yeah. wife has has worked with Max Martin a lot, and she said that sometimes he'll just sketch stuff, and and sometimes real words will come out, or other artists too that she's worked with, and and I've been in songwriting sessions where they say just go in the microphone and make stuff up, and yeah, and maybe something cool will come out. Um, and so I was doing that at home for the empty house song and it was, but it was just one take. And then I was like, you know what? There's enough words that actually make sense out of this one take that <laughs> I can consider that to be the song. That's and, awesome. uh, so I never tweaked it. Yeah. I never touched it, but, um, that's, that's how we awesome. do a podcast. We just make yeah, up words <laughs> yeah, exactly. and hope it comes out. So no, I love it. I love that song and I love the sincerity and I love that you didn't, this sounds weird to say, but I love that you didn't go back and like read, write it all. Because I was like, yeah, I felt like I couldn't capture the same, yeah, whatever I had at that one moment. There was really, I, I remember how I felt at the moment of tracking it, and I was, I was maybe a little sad, and you know, I wasn't like on the verge of tears or anything, but there was that almost, you know, that feeling when you're about to cry. There's like yeah. something in you, like maybe that was kind of welling up inside, and so I knew that unless I wanted to. You know, pull some nose hairs out and get. Really <laughs> um, I wasn't going to be able to capture that again. Right, right. So. And, and well, and communication is, you know, it is words, but it's also there's a lot of there's there's tone, there's there's body language, there's things that happen when, uh-huh. you're, when you're feeling something, and there's excitement and adrenaline, and that communicates. I mean, it communicates as much, if not more, sometimes than the words that you're saying. Got this thing about you, everything I think about you's gonna go and make me something else. You've been smiling my face for about them tongues day. You believe it's true, and I believe it too, and everything's gonna be alright when you say I I've got this thing about you. As you get older, just switch back gears, like, how does songwriting change? Because like you were saying that 
as you get your personal stuff figured out, it's harder to write songs. <laughs> um, so, like, what is the struggle now? Was it easier to write when you were younger? Or? Well, I mean, there's, I mean, as you know, uh, when we were younger, uh, being in a punk rock band could pay the bills, you know? Um, it, yeah, there was yeah. there was that sort of angle to it, and so the passion to write a song about something, and I don't know, it was different than than maybe now. Um, um, and that can sometimes be great, and that can sometimes, you know, uh, take some of that that personal uh, shine off of it. Yeah, Matt. Sure, I'm- Am I? Can you hear me? me yeah, typing on my. Black. Oh yeah. my gosh! I'm so sorry. I'm making oh, a. Awesome. I'm making a Chipotle burrito order. <laughs> yes. Oh man! I wish you were. <laughs> Matt's multitasking so hard Sour right now. Cream, guac, no yeah. cheese though. So one thing we do on this podcast really well is take our uh, our interviewers' time seriously. He's like ordering <laughs> oh, burritos. Guys. So Matt, how do you like, tell us about your heart and soul? Uh, I won't eat. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving this place. Okay, we'll do one studio freebie, and then Matt's just gonna hang up the phone. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. back. Actually, can't hang up the phone. (laughs) Like my my uh, wife's computer went into screensaver mode, and I don't know the password, (laughs) so I can't really hang up on you guys at all. (laughs) So this is it. Yeah, you guys got me. Hey Matt, we're all still doing this. Sure would put out a record. Classic Crimes putting out a record. We never reached oh. the heights of Reliant K, uh, but you guys have. You're, what is this? Your eighth full length record? I think so. Yeah. What What keeps you doing this? What keeps you going with maybe just specifically Reliant K? I would be lying if I didn't say that Matt Hoops is is one of my top reasons. Um, I he's my best friend and. Uh, you know, we've been hanging out together for a long time, uh, almost 20 years. And I don't know, he and I built this thing together and, and it's not broken completely yet. And we're still having fun. And even however lame it may be to some people, it's still kind of cool to Step us. Step back from that. Why? Do you, what keeps you songwriting? Is it just this is the thing that you know? This is the thing that you've done your 10,000 hours? I do enjoy it, um, feeling like you can creatively contribute to the world. But also, you know, I wish I wish I was really good at writing a book. I wish I could write a novel, you know? <laughs> yeah. This kind of reminds me of a question I, I always want to ask. How has uh, being in a band or have been in a band been detrimental to your life? You don't get the real world experience of, um, I don't know, going to hating your job every day <laughs> yeah um, character building experience yeah you get spoiled yeah you you become a diva um of life i feel like i can never be home enough i feel like um every time i start to travel or i go on tour again it, it's like oh no i'm i want to just you know it's you always want the other side of it right um mm. and sometimes when i'm home yeah i just itch to go play somewhere and like, think we're all a little ADD because of it too, right? Like <laughs> you switch the channel to Denver the next day and then you know, never have to be bored. Yeah, exactly. you can't even get through a three-minute song anymore. You just skip through 30 <laughs> seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. <laughs> I guess as I as I get older, I just find myself kind of going, oh, I'm thankful for that opportunity to meet those people in that location because that's totally changed my perspective now 
mm-hmm. when it comes to everything, like what I believe spiritually, what I believe politically, what I believe sociologically or, or economically or whatever, like all these different things. So often people just haven't seen how the rest of the world lives and that just changes you. Yeah, to get a glimpse of all of it is is pretty pretty beautiful. And I think as an individual, it makes you probably more confident, easier. It's easier to engage with strangers. Right. Um, you know, you can probably have an interesting conversation with anyone. You know, right. you get stuck sitting next to anybody on an airplane and you could probably make their life better. Right. Um, just and that's cool. That's a talent. That's a gift. I did this living room tour with my wife and kids. And yeah. we went all over the country, you know, these different cultures and religions and whatever, you know, welcome, welcome, welcoming us into their homes. And you just see the goodness. It sort of restores your faith in humanity. You see the goodness in everybody. Mm-hmm. I think people who don't get out and see outside of their bubble, they see the other as kind of bad or wrong, you know, like, you know, the Democrats or the liberals are bad or the Republicans are bad. But, you know, you go into some homes in the South and say you're a very liberal leaning person and those Republicans can be pretty fun people. <laughs> you know, like, like they actually are really sweet and, and loving and good. And uh, we kind of try to define people by by different standards, I think. And uh, those walls break down when you when you actually go meet them and hang with them, you know. For sure. Being attached to the Christian music industry, you probably had a lot of pressure from people about your personal life and your personal choices. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, I, I always used to wonder what really squeaky clean Reliant K fans thought about my life, like as a 34 year old unmarried man, you know, like what do <laughs> yeah. they think? One time we were playing where the Anaheim Angels play and we were opening up for some preacher, pastor guy, you know, like mega, mega speaker. Yeah. And so we were backstage beforehand doing a meet and greet and the, and the preacher guy comes up to me and he shakes my hand, says, nice to meet you. He looks at me and he says, are you married? And I'm like, no. And he just like got this super disgusted look on his face. Really? Um, and turned away. And I, and I felt very judged. Um, Weird. And maybe rightly so, you know, like uh, maybe, maybe I should have been, you know, more upstanding singer of a Christian band. And Was Jesus married? Um, was I mean, Paul I, the apostle married? <laughs> That's it's it's a different thing, I think he was implying, you know, and I, I'm not faulting him for for it. I just remember feeling really bad, and um, you know, there's been times in my life where I felt like I couldn't go to church because you know I wasn't making the right choices, or you know, and it's been tough feeling like you're constantly representing something that you're not perfect. How does that shape like what you believe now? Like, I'm sure it's made it harder to accept traditional views of everything you know it's it's really easy to look at the christian culture and pick it apart and say you know critique it yeah. but to every criticism and every you know negative thing that you can do you can also spin it towards the plus and that's kind of what i've really enjoyed about reliant k and being in a christian band is that there's so many good things that come from trying to live up to that. Um, right. I probably turned out a lot better than I would have if I was in a, a Fat Records band or a Drive Through Records band. I probably would have ruined my life, you know. <laughs> somehow. Interesting. Uh, something really terrible, or you know. So whatever. in a way, the fans kind of kept you accountable in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, Hoops would probably say that more than me. Even uh, he's like, I, I don't want to know who who 
Matt Thiessen would be if, if we were, you know, not in a Christian band. So, um, it's always felt right to me. Uh, I've always really enjoyed, you know, um, the church and how there's a joy. That's, I mean, who doesn't like that stuff? Well, so. that's cool though, because I'm sure you've had, you know, when that preacher says, are you married? I'm sure that's happened a thousand times over all the Christian festivals and all the Christian fans writing emails. It's pretty cool that you, yeah. don't, you don't have a jaded outlook this point you know well you got to see their side of it too and you you want to really work together with everybody it doesn't doesn't do any any of us any good to to be angry with each other and i definitely haven't made all the right choices in my life so i can i can take a little critique <laughs> yeah no one ever really chased my dream never tried to catch a shooting star not really sure how my dream found me I guess that's the way you are Now I'm left with a mystery Is it always gonna have to be so hard If I only ever drag my feet I guess I'll never get too far To hold on or let it go I tell you it's all I What do you think is the most honest Reliant K song for you at this point in your life? Whew. Um, Devastation and Reform uh, is this song on our fifth album. And man, I don't even want to talk to you about what it's about, you know, but um, it was it was me writing about some really serious screwed up stuff um, like the day after sort of deal. And so that was that's pretty true. Now everyone's going to go listen to that song and uh, cool. dissect it, and they're going to write their own story about your life. That song, Devastation and Reform, like, if I have a day where I feel like I screwed everything up, which sometimes I do, and then I perform that song that night, you know, it can be an echo of my heart. But hopefully, <laughs> I'm getting up on stage uh, on a daily, you know, thing, and, and I haven't screwed everything up. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> Best case. No, you need to keep screwing things up and writing those <laughs> songs. Those are the ones people like. <laughs> so when when does it shift? When did like the self-awareness of all that kind of start to kick in? Even now that I'm married with kids, it just sort of continues to double down of how little I know about myself. Man, I really screwed that up. Just even in like not changing the diaper when you know it's stinky. Just kind of like walking away from it. Like... <laughs> And you it's know, class, classic that you yeah. can't not do that. But my point is, is like you're just willingly choosing this little selfish act, and you do that all day long. And at the end of the day, you kind of self-diagnose, like, how did I do today? And you're like, ah. I guess the question is, where do you find yourself on the self-awareness scale, and how does that relate to your songwriting? Like, how much more do you know about yourself now, and what are you comfortable talking about and not comfortable talking about? I wish. I was at level two, but I, I really feel like I'm still in a very similar place that I've always been in my life. It, it's not like I screw up on purpose, and it's it's not like uh, I'm trying to to ruin my life. And and sometimes just I, I do stuff, and I think I'm okay, and you know I'm making excuse after excuse about you know, why I did what I did, and I still need to hear it. Right now, I'm just thinking about, you know, a chat I had with, with my wife, Emily, you know, recently, and 
she's pretty good at, at kind of pointing out like this is where maybe you could have been a little kinder or a little <laughs> you know and that stuff sheds light on all of me you know it's not just that one situation it's this you know I'm always like that right. and I always could improve on that and mm. uh, that's what a good wife does is she holds mm-hmm. the mirror up and says this is what you look like in a relationship yeah. and you go oh shit uh, yeah. I thought I was better than that. Yeah, I need to get my teeth whitened. <laughs> but maybe the sign of maturity or, or self-awareness is when you stop fighting it. I always wonder when that switch flips on for people. Like, what, what was going on in your life and why did it happen? Because I feel like that's such a huge part of life is just to flip that switch at some point. You know, I, I sometimes I'm, I'm wondering if the world's going to run out of songs. <laughs> I'm wondering if, you know, or where, am I going to run out of things that I can you know, screw up, and um, the answer is no. <laughs> none of those things are going to happen. Well, so. the well is infinite. We have a tendency to break the rules, and that's what—that's mm-hmm. what makes art good. Sometimes is breaking yeah. that part of your personality that screws up, that mm-hmm. breaks the rules or breaks the social boundaries or whatever. That part can create great art. And I so, feel like you guys did that with the piano, like bringing the piano into this punk rock. Maybe, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because something corporate uh, came out with their first record. And, or EP even, and I remember saying, "Oh, that's what that's what I want to do. I want to put the piano in." And so, you know, we we kind of did it very very soon after. But you know, I I didn't think we were you know the original pop right. punk piano band. But uh, but the genre hadn't really fully been explored yet. And so right. We were kind of in in a way, you know, you were you might have not been the Magellan or whatever, but you you Columbus did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know if that reference makes any sense. I don't know. It, it was beautiful, though. <laughs> you might have not yeah. been the Leif Erikson. Yeah. Well, we can. Well, why don't we wrap it up? I think we've held them on. I said 15 minutes, and I think now we've got we've got Matthew. It's been great having you on. Where can we find Air for Free by Reliant Care? We're, Reliant Care. <laughs> Reliant Care. Reliant Care Bears. Reliant Care for Free. <laughs> um. Well. I guess we're we're trying to make CDs. We screwed that up. Um, we made some vinyl, and apparently those are kind of screwed up too. So we're we're uh, very cool. Yeah, we're repressing those. Um, but you can buy it digitally on iTunes, and that's kind of like voting. Um, I think yeah. I don't even know if it counts as. Voting, Does it work but, like uh, baseball cards? When you have the error, it's worth more. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. The <laughs> uh, the the rare vinyl that doesn't quite work right. Yeah. Might be the rare air for free, huh? Ooh, I love it. <laughs> so iTunes, do you prefer people to stream? Do you like the streaming thing or what? I don't really know how I feel about it. Um, I don't have, you know, I, I haven't figured out how to solve the music industry yet. But um, personally, when I like a song, I buy the song. Right, 
Right. But I rarely buy someone's entire album. So right. I feel bad asking people to buy our entire album. But, but, our but there's album is great. So it yeah. is great. It yeah. is great. I can vouch for it. And there's certain bands <laughs> yeah, I love that it. I think I'll always buy their albums, even when they're bad. Like Jimmy yeah. World, I'll always buy their albums. Like I just do, yeah. even yeah. when they're sometimes horrible. It's just because yeah. they made, they, you know, I'm invested. I, they meant something to me when I was, you know, in my late teens. So. Uh, feels good, yeah. Yeah, and so I support them, you know, because it matters. And I think that your true fans will always support, uh, yeah. you know, what you do and, and, and go. And I love them so, for it. If awesome. you consider yourself a Reliant K fan or if you've never even heard of them, go listen to Air for Free. It's a great record. Uh, thanks, thanks, Mr. Teeson, for coming thanks. on. and Thanks, troll buddies. Sharing, oh, <laughs> sharing yeah. your life with us, slaying those trolls, or at least yeah. starving so them out. We appreciate yeah. you uh, continuing to create and and do what you do it's uh it's 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 to all of our benefits so thank you thanks matt and uh good luck with uh with the guitars today i will try my best <laughs> yeah thanks matt thanks for coming on uh any last advice on how to starve trolls before you go uh, make sure you don't uh type out their chipotle order in the middle of an interview <laughs> you'll keep those trolls starving just fine Ooh, i my love trolls it hungry for chipotle Zing. <laughs> I'm out on that. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys. All right, take care, man. Later.
put myself in your shoes.